This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Double J, Jeff Jarrett, here to tell you a little bit about the nonstop savings happening over here at SaveWithConrad.com. Are high credit card balances holding you down on the card? If you're looking to give a guitar shot to your credit card debt or give your home the push it deserves with some upgrades and remodeling, you need to go to SaveWithConrad.com. That's right, SaveWithConrad.com. Conrad and his team are routinely helping my world listeners save five, six, seven, even $800 a month. Oh, Did I mention you get to skip your next two house payments? Take a cue from the last outlaw, because if anybody knows how to get the bag, it's me. Strut on over to SaveWithConrad.com today and see how much money you can save for free. That's right. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. And today we're honoring the late, great Iron Sheik. We're doing a little throwback to the OG Jim Ross podcast, The Ross Report, where he had the one and only Iron Sheik on. Him and Jim are going to talk about Andre the Giant, Bruno San Martino, Vergania working in Oklahoma and of course the Portland, Oregon territories getting clean and sobering up. And of course they talk about the documentary that was coming out at the time. This is back in 2014. I believe the iron cheek documentary is available now on Amazon put together by my pals, the Megan boys. They're going to give you a, uh, inside or maybe behind the scenes look at the making of the documentary. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, features everyone from Hulk Hogan to The Rock. And they talk about The Rock specifically. You'll even hear the Iron Sheik's take on Brock Lesnar in the WWE and CM Punk in the UFC. Pretty timely episode, given that we just lost the Iron Sheik. Uh, Jim and I will be back talking all things Clash of the Champions next week here on the program. But I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to pay tribute to the Iron Sheik here today. He's one of the few guys that I never had the chance to meet. 
what a fascinating individual. And I understand that if you just know of the iron Sheik in the more recent years, there was a lot of fun, a lot of ha ha. Uh, and, and, and maybe you grew up as a wrestling fan, but you were closer to my age and you didn't get to see sort of peak Sheik. but what an icon, you know, so many people, their first introduction to professional wrestling, the iron Sheik was the epitome of the heel. I mean, if you grew up as a fan, when the WWF first went national and you were first getting LJ in action figures, you didn't just get a Hulk Hogan figure. Hulk Hogan had to beat up on somebody who better than the iron Sheik. But of course we all know, and you'll learn more about if you watch this documentary, the iron Sheik was a legit badass man, a one of a kind, an absolute hall of famer. Glad that we get to pay tribute to him. Of course, you get to see all of these archives and enjoy tons and tons of archives over on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, I encourage you to check that out. That's grillingjr on youtube.com. But today we're going to pay tribute to the late great iron Sheik. I think this is the last time that there was a recorded interview between the iron Sheik and Jim Ross. So, so check out this interview with Jim Ross and the iron Sheik. And of course, be sure to catch Jim Ross this Friday on rampage. And I can't believe it's finally here collision. CM Punk is back and Jr. is going to be there. It's all happening this weekend on Turner television. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here's the iron Sheik talking to the one and only Jim Ross. Hello again, everybody. And welcome to the Ross report. I'm Jim Ross. Thank you very much for downloading our podcast here today program program you've been waiting you know who's here the one and only iron Sheik. Sheiky baby in the house Sheiky, don't say usa you can say usa cosgrove uh viseri ali viseri when i first met him in 1974 will be our guest today he is a pop culture icon these days and uh, he has a great story to tell and we're going to talk about his movie uh the Sheik documentary with one of the executive directors John Megan will be with us as well to talk about that and uh, and how The Rock got involved and some really cool stuff about this film that I have seen, I am in, and that I encourage you to watch. I have no financial stake in it whatsoever, It's uh, but I have so much respect for Cosgrove. I've known him for so many So uh, I knew him when he was slim and had hair. So uh, there's that. We'll have, uh, so we'll talk to Sheik in a little bit. The Ross Report with Jim Ross. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here this week on the Ross Report, as I have mentioned, uh, I will be talking to the Iron Sheik in a few minutes. Not right now, but a few minutes. Because uh, first I want to talk to uh, Gian Megan of uh, Toronto. He and his brother have made a phenomenal movie about the Sheik. And uh, they also have an interesting relationship with him. Uh, on a personal level. And first of all, Gian, welcome to the Ross Report. Thank you for being here. And Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Mr. Ross. Oh, you bet. You bet. And I wish you guys would call me JR. I feel like you're talking to my father. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, you are, uh, uh, are you the executive producer of this film or co-executive producer? That's right. Uh, I'm one of them, uh, myself, my twin brother, um, um, and, uh, three buddies uh, kind of put this project together uh, on a very personal basis uh, level for all of us. Uh, uh, we, we kind of just went out on a mission, you know, a bunch of 
20-somethings um, with uh, no experience in the film game um, and uh, a camera crew, and and uh, we went, went all in and rolled the dice on, on this. That's what you got to do. You know, sometimes you got to go all in, and and that's uh, you, you never know. You know, it's like doing anything. People talk about things they want to do, uh, then you do them, because tomorrow's not guaranteed, as we say here. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, film... How long? How long did it take you to convince Cosgrove to uh, uh, agree to do it? And then, how long did it take you to make this movie? There was never uh, a real lack of of confidence from from Cos to allow us into his life because we had the history with our with our families, uh, knowing each other for you know forever. Um, so he he knew that you know we weren't going to do anything to disrespect him and um, we had good intentions and there was no um, nothing against shoot videos or whatever but there, it wasn't that wasn't the goal and so he he totally allowed us in to do to do what we needed to do however what we needed to do we didn't know what what, it, what would become of this project and um, you know we set out on on a trip to Atlanta in 2000 um, and this whole thing didn't get completed till last year. Um, so that's uh, an eight-year period of filming and interviews and cutting and, and story changing. And, and uh, in that time, so much has happened to him and um, so much has happened to us with him. And uh, in, in the end, the, the right story, I, I believe, was told. I agree. I, I uh I, I was in that film, as uh, some know, and I uh, have seen it, and I liked it a lot, and certainly encourage people to uh, to check it out. Which, and we'll tell you all about that, uh, how to get it, because you should get it. It's a if you like history, you like documentaries, you like wrestling. This is a great movie, and uh, eight years to make. My first two, my first two, two marriages didn't last eight years. So that's a hell of a long time to to make a movie. Now the story, the backstory is that. Your father and uh, and Cosgrove, the Iron She, Cosgrove Viseri, were uh, childhood friends. Cosgrove, as we all know, was a great champion wrestler, uh, one of the greatest wrestlers ever from Iran. Your father was the national table tennis champion, and in the sports facility uh, for the Iranian uh, prodigy athletes, uh, your, your father and Cosgrove met and became best friends. Is that kind of it in a nutshell? That is, that is exactly how it is. They, they grew up training in the same uh, gym together. Athletics in Iran was everything um, at the time. It was uh, it was the only thing that mattered to to males um, and females. But for for the men, it was, it was wrestling. It was ping pong. It was weightlifting. It was it was grappling. It was it was uh, a big part of the culture. And so they grew up together, best friends, and. Um, they both immigrated, you know, similar times. Uh, my dad to uh, to Canada, and uh, caused to the U.S. Um, and you know, with no internet or email, you know, they that was the end of their friendship. There was no connection. They had, you know, lost touch. And when we were uh, th- uh, three or four years old, we were um, just playing in front of the TV, and wrestling so happened to be on by accident. And our mother ran into the room and yelled at us to change the channel because 
one was ye- was yelling in Farsi, like really bad language, <laughs> uh, you know, using false language, and and we were just like playing with the cars or whatever, and then she she dropped the pot in her hand, which stunned us. I'll never forget the moment, and said, "That's your dad's friend. That's your daddy's best friend." And you know, just at the time, you know, it's like the early nineties, you know. Anyone you, you would know on TV, you know, is, you know, it's almost like surreal. So next thing you know, somehow, some way, my father uh, got a hold of, you know, maybe the artists and the promoters, the Tunnies, and somehow got reconnected with, uh, with the Deacon. Um, next thing you know, for the next seven years of our lives, every three to four months when the, when the WWF came to town, my, and my, and my father and sister would, uh, go and pick up the Sheik and whoever uh, else he was rolling with that day, whether it was Volkov or Neidhart or Don Morocco or whoever, and they would pile into the car, and we would take them to and from the shows, um, to from the airport to the hotel, and then they would all come back to our house for a massive feast that my mom took a week to, to cook. <laughs> wow. That's nice. That sounds like an Owen Hart story. That's what... Tim, her uh, mother was an excellent cook, and then uh, and that, that day is always after match. Father invited boys um, at their house, and uh, her mother and was excellent cook and making big dinner for the all the boys living over there. And and Pajwan and Shion very young that day. Yes, sir. Well, we've just been joined by the Iron Sheik, ladies and gentlemen. You never know what's going to happen here on this show or live. You know, you never know when we're we're taping this thing live. Cause, how you how are you feeling today? You feeling good? Um, I'm just hanging there. Sometimes the knee bothers me, ankle bothers me, back many years for wrestling, but now I'm better because I quit all about the stuff. I had no smoke, no delete too much, and nothing else. And but it's still a lot of damage because of for our business wrestling. And uh, but I'm just hanging there. One day good, one day bad. I'm trying to make it. Yeah, you're 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 very mentally tough. You've gone through a lot of men, a lot of things in your life that have that would challenge anyone uh, leaving your home country. You know, I. I have respect for everyone's uh, country, but I would feel uh, very brokenhearted if I had to move from my home. And you moved from your home to, to escape, uh, uh, basically, right? Yes, sir. As a matter of fact, I come to Minnesota. My coach, his name was Mr. Alan Rice, Olympic coach. We went together in Munich, Germany. Uh, and my team was five years AAU champion. They called Minnesota Wrestling Club. And I'm, uh, uh, Mr. Alan Rice was um, a head coach. I was his assistant. And my team was the best in the country for Greco Roman. And to them, I've been 68, 69, 70 to 71, four years. My team was AAU champion. And, and a coach was Mr. Alan Rice. That's great success, and then you uh, you also coached the uh, United States Olympic team, or assistant coach there, right? Yes, sir. Assistant coach for Munich, Germany. I come first, first AAU champion, but I, I had only green card. I was not citizen. Right. But they take me. Uh, they take me assistant coach in the Munich 
for the maybe them my team because most of the boys from my team Gary Alexander, Pat Marcy, Larry Leiden, all the boys from Minnesota come Greco Roma champion. Uh, and then we went out to the Munich, Munich Olympic game and then come back after Munich 72. I turned pro 73, which is I started over there with Mr. Burgania. Did uh, Vern recruit you or did Vern come to you and say, hey, would you be interested in becoming a pro wrestler? Or did you go to the Vern's office and say, I'm, I'd, I'd like to get in the business? How did it work? Well, Mr. Alan Rice, take it to his office, introduce the to Mr. Garnia, and then uh, anytime my team come first press, uh, Mr. Garnia invite the team to his TV and put the, all the uh, amateur boys over and uh, his TV. Right. And then I watched the wrestling on television. I said, maybe someday after I come, after Olympic Munich, I come. Then Mr. Then Mr. Alan Rice take me to this office, and I tell him I want to come be a professional. Uh, wrestling. And that camp was Rick Flair, Cam Patera, Jim Brunzeller, Greg Garnier, uh, and Bob Brugger. He passed away, and myself. He was six together. We started in the, uh, with Mr. Garnier. Did uh, Vern try to blow, air, blow you up or run you off? Did he challenge you? No, no. And Vern uh, was an excellent shape his time. He was an uh, all-college uh, champion. His time, he was one of the best in the America for a, a college. But I come different timing. When we were caught together, that's because he noticed uh, I deserve it to come from because he had a lot of respect for me. And he, we've been together. We locked it. We locked the door. We practiced together. Nobody see it. So and after that he respect me. He said, "You come for I help you. You come for all." But uh, he was good himself his time. I think one of the reasons he probably liked you so much, cause, is that he couldn't stretch you. So he he really liked you. <laughs> right, he cannot stretch me. That's because he respect me. My same as Billy Robinson, and then. Uh, uh, and then we started over there. But Billy Robinson was good. Mr. Garnier was good. We stretched the camp terror, Rick Flair, Jim Brunzeller, Greg Garnier. But the Khosro Vaziri come, different situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Somebody's got to be the, the bull of the woods, the alpha male in the, in the wrestling room. It's going to be somebody. Now, you mentioned uh, Billy Robinson. Uh, did he did he help train you, or did you work with him much, or what was your relationship with Billy Robinson? Because he's also known as a very tough guy, just like you, and he had unique wrestling training from Wigan in England at the Snake Pit, which puts out a lot of tough guys. Uh, how did you and Billy Robinson coexist? Well, when it was a 240-pound, I was 180, 185-pound. Billy, he cannot do nothing up position. He cannot do nothing down position. And he told me, go down now. I want to show you something. And he jumped in the air with the knee, and he hit me my knee, and he tried to hurt me. And he said, that's professional way. So, but amateur way, I'm shooting ways. He didn't. Uh, he can. He cannot take me down. He cannot pin me. 
But he said, no, you go down, uh, and I want to show you something professional. Uh, <laughs> and he jumped in the air, and he come with his knee, and he hit my toe, and my toe was sore for maybe uh, one week. But I didn't quit. I come back. And then after that, I didn't trust him. I have to watch him all the time. And I didn't give him my body to him in case, uh, you know, I don't want to, again, he think he had one cheap, babe. But Benny was good. Don't get me wrong. Benny was a good comparison and uh, liar in our business. Benny Robinson was excellent shooter. Uh, he make everybody exhausted except Orange Hick. JR, uh, the story, I think, She's referring to, I think, it came out on the internet shortly after Mr. Robinson passed away, where it was said that Billy Robinson took down the Sheik in front of all the boys, and I think Sheik was just trying to clarify that story that that was said a few months back. It never occurred, right? It right. Ne- well, you know, I yeah, Billy was Billy was good. Mr. Garnier was good. Compared to a lot of, you know, our business, you know, a lot of boys know the shooting background. That was excellent for that time. Yes. Was uh, Billy Robinson in uh, Danny Hodge's class as it relates to shooters? No, Danny Hodge, uh, high class. Danny Hodge and Carol Gotch, compared to Billy, they was much better. Wow. But they're all tough guys. Yeah, I, Danny Hodge, yeah. I tell, hey, look, I tell people that Danny Hodge is one of the great shooters of all time, if not the greatest in the, in the pro wrestling business. They look at me in astonishment because... He was not a great big man, maybe 220, 225 maybe, but he was extraordinary. Would you not agree with that? Excellent. He was excellent shape. He was heavier than me. I was 180, 190 pounds. Danny was 220. I worked out with Danny Hodge. I worked out with Carol Gosh. I worked out with uh, Billy Robinson and Mr. Garnio. But uh, Danny Hodge was the best. Wow. That's amazing. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. When you were in the, the first territory after you trained with Byrne, he sent you down to work for Leroy McGurk uh, and Bill Watts, right? Yes, sir. I come to the Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. That time, office was in Tulsa, you know. And, right, yeah. And, and that uh, in the office, um, God bless you, Mr. Leroy McGurk, and another man, I forgot his name. Uh, oh, Oni Wiki Wiki. Exactly. And Oni was there. And then her daughter, a little McGurk daughter, I forgot her name. Mike. She was come. Mike McGurk. Mike. Her name was Mike. Mike. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, that was my first territory after Minnesota. I come to Tulsa. You're a big baby face there. Here in Oklahoma with this Iranian guy, no turban, uh, no heel, uh, no uh, mustache to speak of. And he, you were a baby face because you travel with Hodge, and if you hadn't been a baby face, McGurk and uh, whoever else was watching wouldn't have wanted you to travel together because the kayfabe. So nonetheless, I remember you come to my store in Westville. You guys passing through, and uh, you know that was you. You guys were traveling partners. Exactly, I traveled with Danny all the time, and then referee was uh, uh, G- Usher, Jer- right? Yeah, Jerry Usher. Jerry Usher. We drive all the way from uh, the, the, from New Orleans all the way to Oklahoma City. Long <laughs> drive, uh, but we we, we love the visit. We did it. We did it. Oh, I know. And, and Jerry Usher, 
Yeah, Jerry Usher was a referee. I don't know if still he's live or no, but he was to uh, uh, take me around and with Danny Hodge. And I had a great time over there and learned the business about pro more. And he teach me more about pro. And, and when my good friend was Mr. Danny Hodge, yes. He was a great guy, still is for that matter. Let me ask this other cause. You, uh, when you were in that uh, territory for Leroy McGurk, and uh, you were just getting started. I don't remember you been drinking, maybe uh, drinking anything, maybe a beer or something. I know you didn't do any drugs then. Where was it that you seem to have made that wrong turn, and the temptation to do alcohol and drugs became uh, uh, available to you? Where were you when in the at what territory or where? Did, the, did that temptation, uh, you know, kind of sneak into your life? I was 175 pounds, 180 pounds. I, I started in Minnesota. And we used to travel from uh, Minnesota to the Winnipeg, from Minneapolis to the Denver, Colorado, Chicago. And a boys told me, uh, Castro, Olympic is over. Have a drink, one beer with us. Have a little bit of this, uh, a little bit of that. And that time, because uh, I was a Muslim and I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do nothing, but traveling with the boys, long to drive from Chicago to Minneapolis, from Winnipeg, Minneapolis, and the boys said, Olympic is over, have a one beer with us. So and then I said, um, they said, you go, you, you're too skinny, you have to gain weight a little bit. If you want to be a wrestler, pro wrestler, Mr. Donnelly, tell me, you have to be at least 220, and then uh, you can work baby face or you can work heel. So I started with one beer, and then a little bit, uh, I come to New York uh, with uh, another friend, uh, God bless him, Don Morocco, uh, and then Super Floss, Luca in Oregon. I went to Oregon. Super plot, well, man, Shiggy baby, uh, Olympic is over, have a little bit of beer with me. Uh, and Super plot, give me a little bit of beer, a little bit of smoke, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And I started you know, on the road in the Oregon uh, with Don Morocco from Hawaii, from Hawaii was New York. Uh, and then I turned out to be one of the boys. But from Boston to Heart, I really didn't like it. And uh, to them, I turned to be really... A little bit bad, especially with the accident, Jim Duggan, we make, we break the, we make the world news. And that uh, cost me a million, million dollars and lose my respect That's next to Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon had a lot of respect for me. And he really cared about me. Senior, God bless him, and junior. But after that, bad days with the accident uh, in New Jersey, and just my life changed. But... But uh, no, I'm a different person, and and I pay for my due. And but thanks to the God, least I'm I'm talking to you guys. I'm here. Well, we're happy for you to be here too. And uh, so the long trips in the AWA, the, the you'd have a the boys wanted you to have a beer with them on and on. Your peers, peer pressure, kids, uh, caused the great Iron Sheik to to break down, and have a few beers. Then there's uh, the New York. Uh, Happens to be New York territory because it was the next one, and then they heard the story about uh, John Morocco uh, traveling with the with Cos, Cos going to Portland, and uh, Jimmy Snuka try a few more things. Hey, it's it's very easy to like alcohol 
or drugs because you think it makes you feel better. And at, but it really doesn't. Uh, cause did you ever feel guilty because of your religion or because of uh, being a parent that you were, uh, you had taken the drugs or you had been drinking more than you should? Like I said, I was in the North Carolina, Charlotte, uh, and Oregon, and I just try to be sociable with the boys, and I don't want to turn their hand down, but uh, also it was bad for me to be a Muslim. Religious men come from all country, be all three times all America, AAU champion, assistant coach for Munich Olympic game in, in Germany, and then all of the sounds. I was kind of shame of myself, and especially with Axel, I make the world news. Uh, I was kind of very embarrassed, uh, very bad feeling next to Mr. Rickman, senior engineer, and uh, Jim, I mean, another man uh, was George Scott and uh, Mr. Garnio. They never thought I'd be like that. But, uh, but the too much long trip but was a bad change for me. I wish I didn't change, but, but too late now. I understand. But the good thing is you're still here, and there's plenty of time, hopefully good, God willing, that you can continue to change. And you can continue to get better as long as you try. Uh, you always had great heart. And if you had no heart, there would be no championships. Champions have heart, and you're a champion. Absolutely, J.R. You know, I pay for my due. I work hard all my life. and cost three million, million dollars to I lost. But still, I'm, I'm just completely changed now. And my wife, she knows. I'm killing now. Um, only once a well, uh, cold beer, nothing else. Uh, and, uh, and I give them physically and mentally, I'm a little bit much better now than I was on the road. But now, even it's maybe too late, but it's still, it's still I'm surviving. Yeah, it's not too late. It's not As long as you're breathing, it's not too late. I want to know, Cos, uh, 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 are you happy with the film? Megan boys, they did an excellent job, uh, and the producer, um, uh, Mike, and uh, Jake, and uh, and then um, they did an excellent job, and Megan boys, and they did an excellent job. I'm very, very happy, and uh, and this that is true story about me. Yes, sir. Gian, uh, I want to ask you, uh, do you think that I, I watched this film twice? And there were some moments in there that were very uncomfortable uh, because uh, it, you could tell that the drugs had gotten the best of cause. And I never saw too many men that could hang with him athletically. And, but, and it's, uh, but it, it shows you the danger of drug abuse. And, and it, I felt for him, I, it really uh, it got me uh, it, by the punch me in the gut because I didn't want to see him that way. And uh, how did... Since you're since you're a little kid, and now getting all this footage of this uh, this man that's sick, uh, how how did you handle that? Well, it was definitely um, it was definitely something that was mind blowing for us because, like I said before, this this man was our childhood hero, um, just no different an influence in my life than my own father. Um, probably the reason I am in the entertainment business with my brother, um, and we. We did this whole documentary 
you know, project, um, like I said, we weren't in the film business. We, we did this because um, we love this man and we wanted to honor him and, and, and do something for his legacy because we knew the stories about him being the Shah of Iran's bodyguard and, and training with the Olympic, Olympic gold medalist Takhti in Iran. And, you know, we always looked at all those things as his real accomplishments and on top of the fact that, you know, he won the title and helped launch Hulkamania and whatnot. But uh, our, our goal was to do something for him, for his, for his kids and for his future. And, and um, at the same time, we also knew that, you know, things were a little out of control. We didn't know how out of, out of control because, we weren't in Atlanta, you know, we'd have him come to Toronto and be a part of some of the entertainment and wrestling events we would put on here. And we knew that he was, you know, he was drinking and partying a bit, but we didn't know what it was like at home because we were in Toronto. And uh, at the time, so many wrestlers were dying. It was like an epidemic in those early 2000s, mid 2000s, but all the guys that we uh, uh, watching in the eighties. And so, we just went out and said, let's do this. And, and when we were doing this, um, you know, we were mind blown by the, by the lifestyle he was living. And um, it, was, it was surreal. You know, we couldn't even believe the, uh, the amounts and the excessiveness of, of, the, you know, of the drugs, unfortunately. It was, it was ridiculous. Are you talking uh, an eight ball a day or more than that of cocaine? Well, I wasn't there every day, you know, lived in Toronto. But, you know, the first time we went to Atlanta, like literally knowing nothing, you know, hired a camera crew, um, hired a camera crew uh, and the producers were, you know, you know, we, we had all these line notes for a story that we were going to, you know, interviews and questions and the entire time um, he was under the influence, and then every time that ran out, um, he had uh, a, a, a buddy he, he was doing it with, um, the driver, we can call him, um, you know, go and get more. And, you know, I, I, I was there for the purposes of the doc, and so, yeah, we were there, and he was mic'd, and we were filming it, but um, while, you know, the people filming it were like, this is gold. I was like, yeah, it's gold if you want to make a, a, you know, a, a, a story that's going to completely, you know, you know, ruin his legacy, right? And so um, we weren't looking to do a beyond the mat type of deal, although it was a great film. We didn't want to really, we knew that there was more to his life than for him to be remembered as a, as a druggie. And so, we didn't do anything with the footage. We, we, we sat on it for, for a year or two, and we would we tried again two years later. Um, and again, it was like he was a madman. You know, it was, it was what, you know, a lot of the people that, would, that saw online, you know, with him and going nuts on, on, the, on YouTube with Brian Blair or whatever, like that, that was that era, and it was out of control. And the reality is, is that he was masking some real deep, um, sad, you know, feelings from the loss of his daughter. Right? Sure, of course. Yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. I can understand that. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll come back and talk more, pick this up. Uh, before we go to the break, tell us, uh, for the fans that listen, there are a lot of them listening around the world, and we thank them for downloading the Ross Report every week and making it one of the most listened-to podcasts of any category in the world today, and that's thanks to the fans. Uh but I highly encourage you folks to check out this movie. And, uh, Jean, tell the, fa- the fans listening uh, how they can access your film. How can they, how can they watch it? So at this time, uh, the film is available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, um, and will be future release on more uh, VOD platforms. But those are the main ones, iTunes, Amazon, Amazon Google Play. Uh, we'll be coming out on DVD later in the year. Uh, with some bonus footage and bonus features, um, but right now, if you if you're itching to watch the story of the legend, you can see it on on those three platforms: Amazon, iTunes, and uh, uh, what was the last one? Google Play. Google Play. Folks, we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, we're talking to the incredible Iron Sheik. It took him eight years to make his movie, and he's still up walking around. He's he's uh, he's healthier than he's been in a long time. But uh, he is, uh, he's here with us, and we'll come back and talk more with the Iron Sheik. And uh, Jean Megan, one of the co-executive producers of the, the Sheik movie. So uh, stay with us and listen closely to what you're about to hear. This is the Ross Report. And we're back here on the Ross Report. Thank you all for being with us. Thanks for hitting that beloved download button and for checking out Podcast One, podcastone.com. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we thank you. Remember, if you subscribe to our podcast, it will automatically download into your uh, device. It costs you nothing. Uh, subscribing is free. There's not much left in this world that's free, but subscribing to the Ross Report is free. You can do that at iTunes. And uh, when you subscribe, it helps us accumulate our numbers, and it helps us with our advertisers, So, and it costs you nothing. So, it's a good deal. It's a win-win for you guys. It's a win-win for us. You won't miss an episode. We're talking to Jean Megan with the incredible Iron Sheik about the uh, the movie. What is the official name of the movie? The Sheik. The Sheik. Yeah, isn't it amazing that Cosgrove, everybody that plays a Middle Easterner is always a Sheik. There's no common guys in pro wrestling that are from, uh, you know, Egypt or Iran or, or anywhere else. All you guys are sheiks. Everybody's a sheik, yeah. it seems like, right? I'm the real, I'm the real first Iranian, the Arab sheik, because in Middle East we have a lot of sheik, oil well, and, and Arabian, but the Persia of Iran, we not Arab, we are Persian, same German race. But I'm the only Iranian and the Arab sheik, Mr. Ghania, Mr. Ghania, wife from Mary Ghania, he was Olympic Montreal 
Montreal Olympic game, Mr. Ghana, 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 I don't want to work anymore by name Ali Vaziri or Khosrow Vaziri. You have some name for me? And uh, Mrs. Ghana said, yeah, I give you the name, the Aaron Sheikh. And, and that was Mrs. Ghana idea. So I'm the first Iranian to come by name, the Aaron Sheikh. And uh, I mean, I'm, that was Mrs. Ghana idea. Yeah, well, he was a, Vern was a very smart man and had an amazing uh, territory for years and years. Uh, the AWA library is uh, owned by WWE, and I'm excited about uh, someday watching some of those old AWA uh, events on the WWE Network. Uh, some really cool footage. Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game from the waist to the face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Jim Ross at manscaped.com. Let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0. Inside it, of course, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 the brand new weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, and of course a travel bag to hold all the goodies. And man, we can't forget about the moneymaker. You see, Manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. This includes the brand new Beard Hedger trimmer, the beard shampoo and conditioner, the beard oil, the beard balm, and two free gifts with their signature beard comb and scissors. And man, we all know dads love their comfort. If his grooming routine is already dialed in, be sure to hook him up with Manscapes Boxers 2.0. They are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Jim Ross at manscaped.com. That's Who's 20 that? Jim Ross? Jim oh, Ross. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's you. Get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the call Jim, code Jim Ross. <laughs> Make this Father's Day one he won't forget with Manscaped. That's manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Jim Ross. Guys, you've been hearing about Blue Chew for a while now. If you haven't tried it already, why not? Bluechew.com is helping guys needing extra confidence in the bedroom because of things like age, stress, or anxiety, and they can help you too. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And now they also have Vardenafil mint flavored chewables with the active ingredient in Levitra and Staxon. Blue Chew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because Blue Chew is an online prescription service, that means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door too, all in a discreet package. Now the process is simple. You'll sign up at bluechew.com. You'll consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy too. 
So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew free. When you use our promo code JR at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is JR to receive your very first month free. And we thank blue chew for sponsoring today's podcast. And some of the great stars in the history of the business came through the AWA. So it was a major territory and a great place for you to learn and break in. Do you remember, uh, uh, Rick Flair, when he was, uh, you guys were training, did you think he was going to be special? He and Steamboat and some of those guys, did they compete with you well? What were your thoughts on those uh, young men at that time? Well, at that time, Rick was over 300 pounds, and his body was in uh, Camp Terra, and, 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 and I don't want to say anything, but uh, Rick himself, no. He was uh, really around the 350, 375, and, but I have a duty with maybe with testosterone, whatever. But I have a lot of respect for the Rick because he, he, he trained in, he lost weight, and he could get come excellent shape. He saw the, saw the company to go to the Charlotte, North Carolina, and then Mr. George Scott was a booker over there, and, and, and he get his break in the, in the Charlotte. But Rick, from the start, he was overweight, but we training and we push him and we make him exhausted. And he lost weight. He come one of a great worker, great talker, uh, and he was uh, in the Charlotte. He come the best three, uh, but the start he was overweight. Yeah, I heard he was uh, well over three hundred pounds at that uh, at one point in his young life. So, John, how did you? You know, when I watched the movie, I I was. Uh, as I said, I was shocked at some of the footage, and then I was also pleasantly surprised at some of the folks that were on there, especially The Rock. Uh, the Rock had so many wonderful things to say to uh, about Kaz. Uh, it was so entertaining on the movie. How did you get The Rock to uh, make a, uh, a special appearance on this film? Uh, towards the end of production, uh, we, we were kind of wrapping this thing up, uh, we got together with the producers, Stu Stone and Jake and Mike, and we said, you know, what can we do to just take this thing over the top? And, you know, I was speaking to the Sheik, and I just threw it out there. I said, you know, what's your relationship with The Rock? And next thing you know, he told me that his wife, Carol, used to babysit uh, Rock when um, when he was, uh, when Rocky was on the road. And um, I had no... Carolina. Yeah, I had no idea that, that that was even that that had happened. So we had uh, reached out to Rock's manager and um, explained that we're making this project. And you know, he said he'd have to speak to him. And within a day, um, the manager uh, called back and said, "Look, uh, Rock's busy, and we knew that. Um, if you guys can get your butts down to Florida in the next five days, we can get you a five ten minute interview." And so. We uh, we jumped on it obviously, and uh, we had gone down there and um, you know waiting and you know he was doing media that day for one of his films and there was probably a lineup of you know twenty thirty different uh, people you know trying to get interviews and you know in one of those like film screening rooms you know you know he, he they just all come in one at a time to do their to do their interviews um, so we were there and uh, he came in and. Uh, we thanked him for his time, and we had said, 
you know, we know, we know we only have five, ten minutes, so, you know, we'll get right to it. And he, uh, he stopped everything. He said, I don't care who told you five, ten minutes. This is for the chic. Well, we're going to go as long as you guys need. Wow, that's great. And so we had prepared a, a, a list of questions. Um, and, and if we were going to get through them fast, we would ask the other questions. But um, the fact that we had all this time and, and he just kept on answering the questions, we got through pretty much all of the questions that we had um, <laughs> we had written. And it was just uh, probably the biggest coup that we had for our, our doc and he was a mensch, you know. He he literally put us over and put not us over. He put the sheik over, and that's just probably a true testament to their relationship. And uh, another person that was integral in that whole thing was uh, his mom, Atta Johnson, um, who probably the nicest woman I've ever spoken to and, and met in my life. Um, she was so supportive of of us and the project. And uh, between the two of them. I don't know where we would be without without the two of them in this project. Rocky is a great is a great guy. He's always been a, a good hearted human being, and his mother's just a spectacular. If, oh if the Rock is the great one, uh, Ada is the great mom, no doubt about it. Yeah. Cause that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big deal to get the Rock in your movie. I thought it was great. Exactly, and especially you said he learned Jabroni from Aaron Sheik. That's why I respect the young man, because I was the first man I called the people Jabroni, my young day, tough man I was. And, and Iraq is a very honest man, to he tell everybody uh, he learned Jabroni from Aaron Sheik. I love that man, and he's really a very honest man, and also... I have a lot of respect for the new generation in the WWE. They, they, they learn from Aaron Sheikh mistake and Axel Jim Duggan mistake. They're all new generation. They are good shape. They are killing. I watch the match every Monday and every Friday and every now recently every Thursday. Yeah. I'm prided to the all new generation. They learn from Aaron Sheikh and and Axel mistake. They are excellent shape. I, I want to jump in just for a second, uh, Jr. Whenever we go with uh, the Sheik to any of the WWE events, um, you know the old school Raws or whatnot, I am so impressed by you know the guys who who would show him the respect um, that he that he deserves. Guys like CM Punk, Bray Wyatt, Cena, Cesaro, whoever you know would always come up to the Sheik and give them like ultimate respect, and uh, I think it, it goes to show the kind of impact that he's had on the current um, locker room's uh, careers. Yeah, I agree. I, the the Sheik, see, the, the thing that helped make uh, WWE uh, great always was the talent that came there and that they developed. When the territory stopped uh, uh, running, uh, the it made it harder to find great stars. So where do you go look? You go look in amateur wrestling. And some of the greatest pro wrestlers in the history of the business have been former amateur wrestlers. So uh, I believe that that philosophy still holds true today, that you get a very charismatic guy that is a tough athlete, that's a successful amateur wrestler, that has an aptitude for pro wrestling. Now you got a good shot at finding you a, a WrestleMania main eventer. Uh, speaking of that, Cos, uh, uh, what do you think of uh, – the biggest dog in the yard right now, uh, as as we record this in WWE, is Brock Lesnar. What's your uh, take on Brock Lesnar as a if you're scouting him? Uh, what what do you think of him? 
Well, uh, as a matter of fact, I watch him every Monday. Uh, Sir Hulk Hogan is there, uh, and then, uh, and also the new champion is Brock uh, uh, Lesnar. He's one of the, he's one of the greatest, one of the best shooter in all America. College. College uh, gold medal number one and also great uh, shooter, great performer. But I'll be honest with you, Mr. Ross, I remind myself, my young day, I wish uh, he was too young to come in Minnesota, practice with the Arashik or wrestling with the Arashik. That day, he he can learn from the real shooter in Minnesota wrestling club. But that day, he was not my class. But now, he's the best, he's the greatest, he is an excellent shooter. Are you, wow. are you saying that back in your day, when you were young and he was young, you could beat him? Exactly, because, um, he, uh, I mean, I'm talking about 1968, 1970. Right. Uh, Brock Lesnar was not my class to come in the University of Minnesota, practice with me, or wrestle with me, because he noticed I'm the real, that time, best shooter. He cannot handle me. But now, to the generation, he's younger than me, he's... Uh, uh, new generation, he's excellent. But my time, I don't think he can handle the daughter chick. There you go. Well, Jim, you were around, JR, you were around uh, for both guys. If we were doing a fantasy booking, you know, young, thoroughbred Cosro Vaziri and Brock Lesnar, how would you take it? Well, the, here's the problem, Cos. At your peak weight as an amateur in 1968, how much did you weigh? Oh, I was probably that time 175, 170 pounds. Okay, so Lesnar's going to outweigh you in his prime in great shape by 100 pounds. So all I'm saying is is that that 100 pounds is a hard obstacle to overcome. Excellent, excellent uh, point. Excellent uh, comeback for me. I know what you're exactly talking about. Like I said, that time, he was uh, uh, very young and very light. He cannot handle the 170 pounds because I was bigger, heavier, stronger than him and more experienced than him. Because, uh, I mean, that day was uh, my time. But now, today, different situation. He, he's his time. I understand. Like Mr. Bob Backlund, Mr. Bob Backlund, another one, one of the best his time was uh, in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, he Bob was... Backlund, yep. myself, that day is exactly different situation. Yeah, a lot of different talents, and it's interesting to see how the talents in your era were trained and how the talents today are being trained. It was a whole different world. You can't compare uh, how athletes, wrestlers are trained today uh, versus how they were trained when Cosgrove broke in uh, with all the territories he could go to. Because like he said, he went to train in Minnesota, uh, work a little bit there, then they sent him to McGurk. And wh- where did you go? What territory did you go after McGurk? Oh, after McGurk, I went to the, uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, and Don Owen. Okay. Uh, God bless him. He was over there, Don Owen, and that was 
my my good friend was a superfly suka he take me around and superfly told me uh, Castro, if you want to gain weight you have to a little bit eat more like me you have to a little bit have a cup of cold beer olympic is over that's why i started uh, in, in the uh, over there and another good friend hawaiian man don morocco in in uh, minnesota and also new york I mean, uh, slowly, I don't want to turn their hand down, but it was a mistake for me. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, after, I mean, Oklahoma, I've been to the, uh, Portland, Oregon. Gotcha. That's where Superfly was over there. Okay, yeah, Portland, Oregon. So the point is, back in the day, uh, a wrestler had plenty of territories that he could, he could go and learn and earn a few bucks and learn his, uh, his business, learn the skill. The craft. Uh, tell me about uh, Bruno and the football players. When we was in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pacific Arena, and a uh, uh, lot of big names was over there that night, uh, like um, uh, Andre Giant and my partner Nicola, and there's a lot of uh, all of the all of the WWE talent. Big name was over there, and then uh, in the hall, and that night Bruno was the agents. In the uh, in the Pittsburgh uh, arena, Bruno was agents, and then uh, two three people come in the hall. They want to come in the locker room with the boys. Um, Bruno tell them no. Tonight is a wrestling. It's not football. Uh, you cannot go in the locker room and to uh, talk to the boys or men. You guys have to leave the in the hall. And then one of them slapped Bruno, and, and, and I saw that. And I still, I didn't change my clothes. I just come back after my match. I had my boots on, my trunk on. I run like deer. And, and, I, and I give the guys a receipt back. And so hard, so hard, hard. And I, then we push him. And he blocked the door. He don't want to go. And I give him back to Billy Suplex. I take him down. I kick his face. And he crawl. And he left the locker room. And Bruno never forgot about that. And then he hugged me. And become very, very, very good close friends and stuff. So you beat up a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, there was a yeah, yeah. There was a two against, uh, and I saw that uh, Bruno was agents that night, and uh, and the girl sucker punched Bruno. I saw that I run like deer. I was actually shaped that time, like I said. Or the before different, so and and then they get the message and they left the locker room after that. Well, no more trouble. Cosgrove took care of the issue with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I bet those guys would. The, if you knew the names of those players, they probably wouldn't admit. Bruno may know who they were, but he probably you know knowing Bruno's such a nice guy, he probably wouldn't want to embarrass him at this at this stage of the game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, uh, so, uh, Kaz, have you actually sat down and and watched your movie, and if so, what did you think after watching it yourself? Did you watch it by yourself? Did you watch it with your wife, or your children, or your, or your grandchildren? How did how did you first watch this movie? 
As a matter of fact, I went to Toronto and uh, for the first time, uh, Megan boys invited me over to Toronto. Megan boys, the Pashwan, father, mother, and my wife and myself in the Toronto movie station. Uh, and I saw it for the first time over there. It's shock, it's shock. Because they did an excellent, excellent job, and and then I'm very happy. Uh, and Jake and uh, Mike and producer, everybody, uh, and Megan Boys, they did an excellent job. I would get shocked. I was really happy. My wife was happy, and I'm, I'm I want to say as long as I live, uh, always I remember the Megan Boys and father, mother, and they did an excellent job for me. And also I want to say. To the, all my wrestling fans and movie fans around the world and America, if they get a chance, they want to watch, they want to find out about how she really come from, what he did. I think it's an excellent movie. I like it. It was a very excellent job. They did do an excellent job, and I was very proud of the uh, work that they did. Well, I'll tell you something we all agree on, or at least you and I do. The best shave of your life is with Henson shaving. I love this product. I'm going to use it forever and ever. It's the last razor I'll ever need. I think you're going to like it too. Henson shaving is a great company. First of all, they're a family owned business. You know, I love that. But how about this? This wasn't the original plan. Henson shaving is an aerospace parts manufacturer. Yeah, you heard me. They've made parts for the international space station and Mars Rover. And now they're using their aerospace grade CNC machines to make metal razors that are just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair. It means a secure and stable blade that gives you a vibration-free shave. The razor also has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. You see, Henson Shaving wanted to make the best razor, not the best razor business. You see a lot of other razor businesses, they're going to put you in a plastic razor and sign you up for a subscription and have proprietary blades and then switch it out every year or two. So there's some planned obsolescence and you got to buy the new one. None of that exists here with Henson. This is the same type dual edge razor that your grandfather used, except this has the benefits of new school tech. Those CNC machines are getting this dude down to 0.0013 inches. So it's the best of the old school feel, but with all the new school tech, but my favorite part about Henson shaving is not only is it better than what you've been doing as far as your shave experience. It's also cheaper. You see, it's only three to $5 to replace the blades, not three to $5 a week, not three to $5 a month, not three to $5 a quarter, three to $5 a year. How do you beat that? Let's say no to subscriptions and say yes to a razor that will last you a lifetime. Visit hensonshaving.com slash JR to pick the razor for you and use the code JR and you'll get two years worth of blades free with your razor. Just be sure to add them to your cart. That's 100 free blades. When you head to H-E-N-S-O-N-S-H-A-V-I-N-G.com slash J-R and use the promo code J-R. Jim, you've had a chance to use this razor. This is as good as it gets. I think you're going to love it. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. Hensonshaving.com is where you want to go slash J-R. Okay, guys, let's take a time out right now and give you a little peek behind the curtain. JR is feeling better than ever. He's traveling just like he was back in the good old days. Now with AEW expanding that schedule, how does he keep doing it every single day? Well, he starts every day with one scoop of delicious AG one. It really does check all the boxes. 
He's going to have more mental clarity. He's going to sleep better. He's just going to feel like he's got more energy, improved digestion. Literally it checks all the boxes. You see AG one replaces your multivitamin, your probiotic and everything else in one easy and delicious drinkable habit. That's right. A drinkable habit. Think of AG one as like your foundational nutritional supplement. It's going to deliver comprehensive nutrients to whole body health. Now, let me just run through what that means. I mean, it's getting rid of all your minerals, all your pre probiotics, all your adaptogens, and it's even got a greens blend. All of this exists in just one simple scoop of water. It's never been e ever easier than that. All told you're talking like 75 different high quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source superfoods. And listen, let's be honest, as we get older, we got to start taking better care of ourselves, but it can be a lot to think, all right, I got to take this in the morning and this in the afternoon and this in the evening. What if it was just one scoop and a cup of water every day? That's what AG one does for you. And don't just take our word for it. These cats have got like more than 7,000 five-star reviews. And I have to be honest when my wife first introduced me to the idea. I thought, yeah, but I bet it tastes well, not so good. I was wrong. It tastes great. It makes you feel good. You will feel more productive. I challenge you to just try it. Just see what you think. You see, AG one was created in 2010. They've helped millions of people get their morning started on a healthier foundation ever since it's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. I just can't recommend it enough. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment in your health, I want you to try AG one. As a matter of fact, we'll get you five free AG one travel packs and a free one year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Just go right now to drinkag1.com slash JR. That's drinkag1.com slash JR. Check it out. You'll feel better. You'll sleep better. You'll be more productive Man, it's everything you're looking for. It's drinkag1.com slash JR. Uh, Jean, well, how were, uh, the, you got you, you got the big hit, the big coup there of the rock. I know you flew out to uh, Oklahoma to interview me, which I was uh, appreciative of the opportunity. How are the other guys uh, uh, to deal with? You know, you had Jake Roberts in the movie. Jake's always uh, a great soundbite. He's always got something interesting to say. Yeah, he definitely had um, conviction and, and, and had a history with the Sheik, right? And similar similar you know issues and. Um, and was very uh, candid about them. He kind of uh, ended up being, uh, you know, the the voice of the demon in the film. If, if you when you see it, you'll you'll understand what I'm saying. But he was uh, very pleasant, and um, yourself, you know, we want you know you go out and and legitimize the project. Um, there was a lot of guys who who stepped up. Um, a lot of guys who. Would wish they, that they could have been in it, but the schedule didn't work out, and and then there were guys who unfortunately turned it down, you know, and uh, that's just the way things go. But uh, in time, uh, I think the right people and a different a different group of people than you know you would see in a you know in a WWE type of uh, do, uh, you know DVD or video stepped up to the plate and and gave a, a raw and real you know, approach to, to this man's amazing life and career. What do you think Seth Green added to it? Well, so Seth Green is, you know, very successful in, in his field with his uh, robot chicken. And 
he had the Sheik on uh, a couple of his episodes, actually. And, uh, you know, I think in describing, you know, where the Sheik is at right now with his uh, new, new resurgence on social media, I think that brought a level of legitimacy to to what the Sheik is right now online, which is a big part of his presence. You know, he's, um, his Twitter account is growing by the thousands every day, and, you know, and that's what's keeping him relevant. And, uh, you know, I think Seth added to that and, and just added a different level of star power. Like, you know, you get all these wrestlers, and then all of a sudden, you know, Seth Green uh, on the screen. And um, that's, that's kind of like the uniqueness of the Iron Sheik in a certain way. You know, he's got a... He's got a very colorful life, and different different people, you know, have different things to say and different experiences of, of what they interpreted of watching him growing up as kids. Well, Cosgrove also uh, has a great sense of humor, uh, and uh, that's kind of goes understated because sometimes people, uh, you know, you got a heavy accent, uh, people miss something. But he's got a very a good sense of humor. Cosgrove, what? Uh, what kind of events are you looking forward to being involved in in the future? Because I know you're, you, thanks to the Megan boys. Who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in uh, Toronto, they uh, they own the uh, Belly Buster Submarine Sandwich Place, and the at the Belly Busters in Toronto, they sell uh, Jr's uh, barbecue sauce and ketchup and mustard. Right. So you can drop by there if you're in To and get a great sandwich, and then uh, pick up some Jr's without having to pay for the uh, the shipping and the and the freight and all that good stuff. So, because what are you? Uh, what's on the uh, on the radar for you? Uh, like I said, especially yourself on the movie talking about Aaron Sheikh and Muhammad Ali was on Mr. McMahon and and the greatest champion Iranian Ghulam Rasul Takhti about this. Uh, that's why I left the Iran because of the Ghulam Rasul Takhti and and then I think uh, I was an uh, excellent job through. True story about Aaron Sheikh's Iran, Golan Rosal Takhti, and uh, Habibis, and, and come to America to the, you know, I mean, just to me, it was a really amazing job. Excellent, excellent, and I'm very happy about that. Good. Uh, Jean, what's on the, what, uh, what are you guys going to do? Uh, you guys and the Sheikh going to do? What's the, what's the next adventure for you? Well, uh, right now his roasts are pretty much selling out across the country wherever we go. Um, he's done the top comedy clubs in, in the States, uh, Los Angeles, New York, the Comedy Store, Caroline's, and uh, we'll probably uh, do something WrestleMania weekend. Um, that's probably going to happen. It's just fig- figuring it out. Um, but, you know, the Sheik has got some gas left in the tank. You know, he may not be able to get around so much, but uh, we're working on that. We're working on uh, getting him uh, tuned up and getting a surgery. Um, he also just got a brand new scooter that's hilarious, and so on his scooter, on his scoo- scooter is going to be causing some some uh, some ruckus. Uh, but uh, you know, the, there has been a, quite a bit of uh, approaches to our our team from different uh, MMA fighters. To be honest with you, that have expressed interest in the Sheik. Uh, teaching them, coaching them, uh, being in his corner, being in, in a fighter's corner or two. And uh, I think um, if we can get around to it and the right person uh, with the right attitude, um, you could possibly see uh, Sheik doing some MMA coaching. That's um, interesting. 
Yeah, uh, you know, there, there's endless opportunities with the Iron Sheik. Um, you know, he, he's like the Betty White of wrestling. You know, like he, he's done so much, and uh, and believe it or not, I think uh, you're going to see him for for years to come to come, and, and just continue to entertain the fans. And there's just unlimited potential. There's offers every day for different, you know, opportunities, and uh, we're going to do our best to make sure that uh, the Sheik's legacy is maintained and lives on forever. Uh, that's good. Hey, Kaz, you, uh, I want, uh, that's great planning. And, and, uh, you guys have done a good job in helping, uh, reinvent the iron Sheik. Uh, I haven't made it to one of those roast shit. I got to do that one of these days. Uh, I hear great things about them. Cosgrove, uh, what do you think about, uh, CM Punk, the wrestler in WWE, former WWE superstar, uh, leaving, uh, the wrestling business and getting into the USC and mixed martial arts. How do you think he's going to do? Well, to uh, be honest, be honest with you, uh, as far as I know, CM Punk was a WWE. He had a great time, great pushing, top man. But now that uh, that since he left, he's in the different different organization, different uh, thing. I think you can ask that from Jean can answer better. But as far as I know, and you know yourself, uh, and, uh, and he had a good push in the WWE, and especially with that Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, great manager, he did great. He did great in the WWE. But now, I don't know about the, in the UFC what he can do. I haven't heard anything. I have anything. anything uh, and good luck to him. But as far as I know, he had the best time in the WWE. Yeah, he had a great run. Yeah, he had a great He had a great run, and he made a lot of money, and he was very successful in WWE. Uh, he was a credit to the business while he was there. Uh, and and uh, did did ter- terrifically well. I think he got a little bit burned out, and and he always wanted to try to be a mixed martial artist. He wasn't getting any younger, so I I applaud the fact that he made the decision when he did. I'm like uh, Cosgrove; I have no idea how well he's going to do until I see him fight. But uh, he'll be in shape. He'll be prepared, and uh, so you know, Sean. I don't know what you, your take on it is, or if you guys have talked about it. Well, I think, you know, he, he's a hard worker in anything he does. He's, he's got conviction, and, he, and he, he goes for it, and that's the biggest challenge in many people. You know, that's the hardest part. So he's got ha- half the battle won. Uh, if he puts himself with right people to train him, I, I don't see why he can't um, compete on some level. Maybe it's, uh, it would be a good idea to have the Sheik come by his training camp and have him do some of the old-school uh, training mechanisms that the Sheik, maybe CM Punk's the guy that uh, the Sheik should be training for MMA. That'd be interesting. Hey, that's a sound bite. That's a big story. That'll be worldwide news as well if that were to occur. So Dana White would love that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or, or, or the Sheik would find his own opponent for CM Punk, maybe, and there. train him, and then that'll be a real test of, uh, of yeah, strength. That's right. That's right. Well, Cos, I'm glad that you are. Uh, you're uh, straightened out your life and that you're... Pleasure for me tonight to, to talk to you. You remind my young day. We was together in Oklahoma. I never forgot. Uh, and God bless you. God bless you. Uh, Rock and all the people that helped in my uh, documentary about my movie. Uh, you, you are one of the nicest men in the sense. You know me. 
Uh, I was feeling good, and now I'm happy again to talk to you, and I do my best, to, especially now I quit all about the stuff, uh, and make God voice helping me, and, and God bless you, talk to me tonight, JR, and you have a good night, sir. Okay, buddy, good talking to you, Kaz. And, of course, the the, uh, the Chic movie on sale at iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play, and uh, more platforms coming up, and the, the Megan Brothers put that together. Uh, I strongly encourage you to check it out. I loved it. I watched it a couple of times. So iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. And, John, it's just the Sheik movie, right? The Sheik. Just the Sheik. Uh, hashtag is Sheik movie on Twitter. But you can find it on any of those uh, platforms by just punching in the Sheik. Um, and it should come up in, under the documentary section. If you want to follow uh, Cause on Twitter, uh, do that at your own risk. But uh, the Twitter handle is? The underscore Iron Sheik. The underscore Iron Sheik. I follow the Sheik, by the way, uh, and uh, and enjoy it. I get a lot of laughs out of it. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, being on, and uh, I wish you nothing but success with the roast and all the other crazy things that are going to be uh, happening. The Sheik has become a pop culture icon. So, uh, John and, and Cos, thank you. Have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you. Thank you for having us, sir. Thank you so much. This was an amazing night. Thank you so much for all your support as well to the Sheik and to the movie. Uh, I love love Cosgrove, and I hope all the fans do as well. Folks, I'll be back with some closing comments. Sean Megan for joining us here this week on the Ross Report. Very interesting conversation with Cosgrove, who obviously has, uh, we we got Cosgrove on a very good night. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here, and just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over at 83 Weeks, quite a while now, about all the cool things that are happening over at adfreeshows.com. Through strength, support, and faith, one half of TNA's America's Most Wanted Chris Harris has persevered, and wrestling is still a big part of his life. And on a brand new series, The False Finish, Chris Harris tells us the story of his amazing journey in his own words. I was thinking to myself then when that came about, you know, it's hard going through what I went through and not think, you know, would that have happened had I not had a sober head? I mean, or, or, you know, I have, I have God looking out for me, you know, would something like that have happened in any other circumstances? Because Scott Demore, I mean, I kept in touch with him. He knew about it all. So, and he was so proud of me for doing it. So maybe that had a little piece of, of it that maybe that's why the opportunity was there, but um, just a lot of really great things have happened in the past uh, couple years, and um, I'm just so thankful and I'm grateful for, for being in the place I am now. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you. The four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.